This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we journey further in Ruth with pious Boaz. Boaz meets Ruth. Ruth learns Boaz is a redeemer, Naomi's instructions, and Ruth's plea. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
Jeremiah chapter 4. If you return, O Israel, declares the Lord, to me you should return. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my wrath go forth like fire, and burn with none to quench it, because of the evil of your deeds. Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Blow the trumpet through the land, cry aloud and say, Assemble and let us go into the fortified cities. Raise a standard toward Zion, flee for safety, stay not, for I bring disaster from the north and great destruction. A lion has gone up from his thicket, a destroyer of nations has set out. He has gone out from his place to make your land a waste. Your cities will be ruins without inhabitant. For this put on sackcloth, lament and wail, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us. In that day, declares the Lord, courage shall fail both king and officials. The priests shall be appalled and the prophets astounded. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have utterly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying, it shall be well with you, whereas the sword has reached their very life. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Then, I, then Jeremiah said, Our Lord God, surely thou hast utterly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying it shall be well with you, whereas the sword has reached their very life. Facing a bad outcome, a common response is, I want to put it behind me. In waiting to hear a verdict from a jury or a sentence from a judge, a defendant may say to himself, if I knew how this was going to turn out, I would not have done it. I want, it I want to put it behind me. Life is a matter of taking the right actions, so we do not have to say, I want to put this behind me. One way to avoid saying, I want to put this behind me, is not making any decisions at all. Of course, this is a delusion. 
In making no choices, others will make them for you. In a couple of months, you will have, you, you will have a moment of relief from making decisions when a committee decides which congregation you will serve. After that, after that, you are on your own. You will choose the congregations you will serve, and after you have made those choices, it would be great if you never had to say, I wish I could put it all behind me. Our ministry involves helping people make choices with God-pleasing outcomes so they do not have to say too often, I wish I could put this all behind me. When Adam sunk his teeth into the apple, he was the first one to say, I wish I could put this behind me. We can turn our clocks back in November, but we cannot put time into reverse to, to undo our decisions. God sent Jeremiah to Jerusalem because Judah had a long string of making wrong choices that required the appropriate response of God's wrath. Then came the gospel prophets crying, the wrong, the, the wrong choices did not matter. Peace, peace. They wanted gospel sermons with no law. They wanted a liturgy which began and ended with the absolution. For them, God's first and final word was gospel. It was all about grace. It was an Easter religion and a Lent with no Ash Wednesday. So they would never have to say, I wish I could put it behind me. Sitting around in ashes was not for them. One way to avoid an uncomfortable sermon is to kill the preacher. And that's what happened to Jeremiah. Dead prophets don't preach annoying sermons. There was a bright spot in Jeremiah's ministry, which was the last verse of the reading, when the people took God up on his word that if they returned to him and disposed their idols, he would take the knives of the Babylonian invaders away from their throats. It worked for a while. From his experience, Jeremiah thought this was too good to be true, and he was right. Once saved, always saved, does not belong in the catalog or the treasury of acceptable cliches. The preaching of the atonement saves us from the trans our transgressions of the law, but it does not save us from the rejection of the gospel. If you want a visual reminder of God coming in judgment, the kind that Jeremiah may have envisioned was coming upon Judah, look at the cover of the seminary Facebook or the mosaics in the second floor entrance of Winnikin Hall. People like the preaching of the gospel. Who doesn't? It's all free. Justification was fine for them, but sanctification required that they toss <coughs> their idols along with the scraps of wood out of which they were carved into the fire. But that was asking too much of them. With God, that was the last straw. The temple was destroyed, and they were carried off into Babylon. Like spoiled children, the people were so miffed 
that God will hold them accountable. So miffed that they were ready to call God a liar for preaching the gospel and then delivering judgments. So the appointed reading for the day ends. Then Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, surely thou hast utterly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying, It shall be well with you, whereas the sword has reached their very life. Law gospel preaching has a shelf life that expires when the Son of Man comes with his angels, and all will have to give an account. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy ridicules Charlie Brown for reciting the genealogy from the first chapter of Matthew for his part in the Christmas pageant. What looks like genealogy without an, an ounce of homiletical potentially is theologically magnificent theology with the message that God preserves his people from generation to generation. That, but then comes those jarring references to Babylon. So the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. That kind of shakes the needles off the Christmas tree and upsets the gospel apple cart. When the disciples were awestruck by the magnificence of the temple, Jesus responds, not one stone shall be left upon another. Every generation has its Babylon. And for the generation who rejected John the Baptist and Jesus, there would be no return from Babylon. For us today, there is a return. By atonement, Jesus became the temple of God in which he sacrificed himself for sin. For those who deny Christ, there is no policy. There is, a, there is a policy of no return. And there is no generation after Babylon to perpetuate their ministry. We rise for the Benedictus.
Now our prayers we remember Dealey Hobbison, wife of seminarian Caleb Hobbison, as she undergoes surgery today. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, hear our prayers on behalf of your servant Dili as she undergoes surgery. Bless her with faith in your loving kindness and protection. Endow the surgeon and the medical team with ability and skill so that according to your will, this surgery may bring your servant to a full restoration of health and strength. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. and direct our days and our deeds in his peace. 